So let's hear Srila Prabhupada's purport. Prabhupada writes a brilliant purport here. So it's a very lengthy purport, so I'll read a bit fast. So please keep up to it. Srila Prabhupada said, Sanya Astra Alpa Chitra Sarva Loke Gaya. Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila 12.51. In society, one will find many sannyasis, vanaprastas, grihastas, and brahmacharis. But if all of them properly live in accordance with their duties, they are understood to be sadhus. Prajapati Daksha was certainly a sadhu because he had executed such great austerities that the Supreme Personality of Godhead Lord Vishnu had appeared before him. Nevertheless, he had a fault-finding mentality. He improperly thought Narad Muni to be a sadhu or non-saintly because Narad had foiled his intentions. Desiring to train his sons to become grihasthas fully equipped with knowledge, Daksha had sent them to execute austerities by Narayana Saras. Narad Muni, however, taking advantage of their highly elevated position in austerity, instructed them to become Vaishnavas in the renounced order. This is the duty of Narad Muni and his followers. They must 
show everyone the path of renouncing this material world and returning back home back to godhead prajapati daksha however could not see the exaltedness of the duties narad muni performed in relation to his sons unable to appreciate narad muni's behavior daksha accused narad of being a sadhu the words bhikshur marga the path of the renounced order are very significant in this regard a sanyasi is called tridhandi bhikshu because his duty is to beg alms from the homes of grihasthas and to give the grihasthas spiritual instructions a sanyasi is allowed to beg from door to door but a grihastha cannot do so grihasthas may earn their living according to the four divisions of spiritual life a brahmana grihastha may earn his livelihood by becoming a learned scholar and teaching people in general how to worship the supreme personality of godhead he may also assume the duty of worship himself therefore it is said that only brahmanas may engage in deity worship and they may accept as prasad whatever people offer the deity although a brahmana may sometimes accept charity it is not for his personal maintenance but for the worship of the deity thus a brahman does not stock anything for his future use similarly kshatriyas may collect taxes from the citizens and they must also protect the citizens enforce rules and regulations and maintain law and order vaishyas should earn their livelihood through agriculture and cow protection and shudra should maintain their livelihood by serving the three higher classes unless one becomes a brahman one cannot take sanyas sanyasis and brahmacharis may beg arms door to door but agrihastha cannot prajapati daksha condemned narad muni because narada a brahmachari who could beg from door to door had made sanyasis of daksha's sons who were being trained to be grihasthas daksha was extremely angry at narada because he thought that narada had done him a great injustice according to daksha's opinion narad muni had misled daksha's inexperienced son asadva kari arpakana daksha regarded his sons as innocent boys who had been misled when narad showed them the renounced order of life because of all these considerations prajapati daksha charged that narad muni was a sadhu and should not have adopted the dress of a sadhu sometimes a saintly person is misunderstood by grihasthas especially when he instructs their young sons to accept krishna consciousness generally a grihastha thinks that unless one enters grihastha life he cannot properly enter the renounced order this is a very very key point here generally a grihastha thinks that unless one enters grihastha life he cannot properly enter the renounced order if a young man immediately adopts the path of the renounced order in accordance with the instructions of narad or a member of his disciplic succession his parents become very angry this same phenomenon is occurring in our krishna consciousness movement because we are instructing all the young boys in the western countries to follow the path of renunciation we allow grihastha life we allow grihastha life but a grihastha also follows the path of renunciation even a grihastha has to give up so many bad habits that his parents think his life has been practically destroyed 
we allow no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling and no intoxication and consequently the parents wonder how if there are so many no's, man's life can be positive. In the western countries, especially, these four prohibited activities practically constitute the life and soul of the modern population. Therefore, parents sometimes dislike our movement. <laughs> parents sometimes dislike our movement, just as Prajapati Daksha disliked the activities of Narada and accused Narada of dishonesty. Nevertheless, although parents may be angry at us, we perform our duty without hesitation because we are in the disciplic succession from Naradmani. People addicted to householder life wonder how one can give up the enjoyment of Grihastha life which is a concession for sex enjoyment. How can one give it up simply to become a mendicant in Krishna consciousness? They do not know that the householder's concession for sex life cannot be regulated and unless one accepts the life of a mendicant. The Vedic civilization therefore enjoins that at the end of one's 50th year one must give up household life. This is compulsory. However, because modern civilization is misled, householders want to remain in family life until death and therefore they are suffering. In such cases, the disciples of Narad Muni advise all the members of the younger generation to join the Krishna consciousness movement immediately. There is nothing wrong with it. It's <laughs> very strong property. Om Jnana Timiranda Shya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Guravenamaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Karamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayate Girim Yatkirpatam Mahamande Sri Guru Dinatarinam Panchakal Pataru Vyascha Kripasandhu Vyayavacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavi Vyo Namunamara Jai Sri Krishna Vaitanya Prabhu Dityananda Sri Alpaita Vedakar Sri Vasavadi Gauravaktavanda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Prajapati Daksha said, Alas Narahuni, you wear the dress of a saintly person but you are actually not a saint. Indeed, although I am now in Vivastha life, I am a saintly person. <laughs> By showing my sons the path of renunciation, you have done me an abominable injustice. <laughs> so, this is a very um, pivotal point in this particular chapter. Actually, it is a defining verse of this chapter because this chapter is called as Narad Muni cursed by Prajapati Daksha and this is the point in time that he is beginning to curse him. He is not cursing as yet. Right now he is chastising him but eventually he will curse him. So, this is the turning point. So, Prajapati Daksha we know he begot 10,000 
children in the wife of his womb uh, in the wife in the womb of his wife panchajin and those people were known as hariyashwas now these uh, hariyashwas they had gone to a place called narayana saras which is in the intersection of indus uh, river and arabian sea probably and over there these 10000 sons of daksha prajapati had done several austerities now but why did they do these austerities it's very important they did this austerities for the purpose of creating this material world now narad muni it is said that a devotee can be in different levels of consciousness a devotee can have a consciousness of a bumblebee or the devotee can have the consciousness of a fly what does a fly do a fly goes to a botanical garden where there are so many beautiful flowers but the fly ignores the beauty of those flowers it ignores to taste the nectar of those flowers and instead if some garbage is there in the corner of botanical garden which may not be in australia but in india you find it right? <laughs> there will be some garbage there somewhere and where crows are eating and then the fly will go there and suck the juice of that garbage okay even though it's in a botanical garden whereas a bumblebee what it will do is that even amidst garbage if there is a flower which has come which has carrying beautiful nectar the bumblebee ignores the majority garbage and only goes and sucks the nectar from the flower so narad muni is such a personality narad muni knew that these hariyashwas have not are not doing austerity for the purpose of attaining you know krishna prem <laughs> but narad muni saw a good quality what was the good quality they have the ability to perform austerity and that's what he latched on narad muni latched on that because he's he's he has that eyes to see the good qualities in people and to dovetail those good qualities to accelerate the journey of any soul in self realization and that's exactly what narad muni has done so he preached to the uh, hariyasha saying that excellent you know, we have amazing powers of doing austerity just like we praise devotees in the initial days and then they then we say kampala and then we put that then we put them in krishna consciousness and then we tell the rules and regulations but initial days a new person needs lot of encouragement so narad muni is doing that and then what happens is hariyashwas under the expert preaching of narad muni these people forget grasta life and enter they become renunciants so daksha is very upset with that of course then what daksha does he says that okay i have a duty if narad muni is so determined i am also determined i will produce another 1000 children now and then he produces again all sons and this time they are known as savalaswas earlier it was hariyashwas now it is savalaswas this is next 1000 set of children but again narad muni does the same thing so now daksha is upset now it is enough is enough once i did not say anything but now again you have done with great labor i produce one more another 1000 children and now you have taken them away. now in his anger he is speaking these verses he is chastising narad muni not this verse itself he continues to chastise narad muni till the last second last verse of this chapter then sukhdev goswami is concluding the last <laughs> it is going on and on from here okay. so next few verses is all about you know, cursing narad muni 
chastising Aradhani, eventually leading to the curse. So that is why this is a very critical juncture in this chapter, which leads to that uh, title of the chapter. Now, in his purport, Prabhupada has given a very long purport to this, as we have heard. And here, Prabhupada has taken up a lot of sociological issues here in, in this particular purport. So let's try and understand, because there is a lot of, you know, one of the um, 12 aims of Shastric study is evaluation. All of us know the 12 aims of Shastric study. We call it as cup fate marks, knowledge, understanding, personal application, preaching application, that is K-U-P-P, cup. Then there is so many other things, faith and conviction, authority, mood and mission, and then the next is evaluation. So many times the Bhagavatam brings us to a point where we have to evaluate who is right, who is wrong. Or sometimes the Bhagavatam actually is expert in bringing our understanding to such an extent that when we evaluate, we will not really see who is right or wrong, but rather what is higher principle. In material world, some material world is full of dualities. Even when we look at people, suppose someone, let's say a husband or wife comes to us with an issue. Sometimes we see it from the lens of who is right and who is wrong. The husband is right, the wife is wrong. The wife is wrong, right or husband is wrong. But Bhagavatam lifts us beyond these dualities of life. So Bhagavatam is able to rise above the mundane rights and wrongs of this world and to see things at a much, much higher level. Transcendental level, yes. So, let us try to understand this particular uh, section from that point of view of evaluation. <coughs> we will begin by giving credit to Daksha. Actually, Daksha deserves credit. You see, it's easy to just look at the fact that Daksha, Narayanamuni, Vaishnava Prad, he is content to help. Yes, that's very obvious. But let us look beyond the obvious. So, we have to give credit to Daksha. Why? Because what is Daksha doing right now? Daksha has instructed his children to produce progeny. Why is he doing that? He is simply doing his duty. You see, because who has ordained that progeny should be there? Brahmaji has ordained. Has Brahmaji again decided that based on his own free will? Yes, based on his free will, but under the instructions of Lord. Lord only created this Sarga. And then the Lord only said that, okay, Brahma, you create this Sarga, secondary creation, and then I'll release the souls into this world. So obviously souls have to be released. Why did Varahadev, when Varahadev appearance, what was the significance of that? Varahadev lifted the earth because Brahmaji was wondering, all the Devi Devas were wondering, now we are all here, but where are the souls? The souls have to come to Karma Bhumi, which is earth. So it was submerged in water. So, so Varahadev lifted the earth so that this whole, uh, the souls can be then inhabiting this earth. So Daksha is actually in one sense only aiding the, the desire of the Lord. So what is wrong? So yes, that credit we should give Daksha, that he is doing something. Right? Second credit we have to give Daksha is that at least Daksha, Daksha's children if you see, they did not just say that, okay, my father has asked me to produce 10,000 children. Okay, let's go to a party on Friday night and let's, let us have disco music. After that, let's get drunk and then let's produce many children. Because one, when one gets drunk every Friday night, he can produce so many. Every Friday night, one one child can be produced. Right? Which is what is happening in the world, right? right? But no, no. These children, Daksha taught them to do austerities before producing children. Which is not a bad idea. 
in one sense, at least there is some concept of a higher authority, right? Unless one has some concept of divinity, a higher authority, why will someone instruct their children to do austerities? So yes, credit to Daksha for that. At least he is not teaching his children to be atheistic and enjoy life and produce children like cats and dogs for purposes. No, he is not doing that. So there is some dharma that you can see. So he is still adopting a dharmic way. So that is the credit to uh, Daksha. But what is the issue here? What is the issue here that is eliciting this kind of a purport from Prabhupada where Prabhupada is apparently hammering Daksha. Now, why is this? This is where the evaluation comes. So, in his treatise Jaiva Dharma, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur talks about Anitya Dharma, Naivitika Dharma and Nitya Dharma. Anitya Dharma is actually, what is called it in, in, uh, in English, we call it as oxymoron, if I remember correctly. Oxymoron means nicely bad, if you say something like that. How can it be nicely bad? That's called oxymoron, you give you know, opposites like that. So, Anitya Dharma is an oxymoron. Anitya cannot be Dharma in one sense. Anitya Dharma actually says you are doing akarma. No, not akarma, vikarma, bad activities. That is called as Anitya Dharma. Most of the world is engaged in that kind of thing. It's actually not dharma at all. But higher than that is Naimitika Dharma. Naimitika Dharma is an example of Naimitika Dharma is Varnashrama Dharma. Not Daivi Varnashrama. Varnashrama Dharma, plain Varnashrama. Because in plain Varnashrama Dharma, what, is, what are we being taught? Okay, you want to enjoy? No problem. But have some kind of regulation. Be Brahmachari. If you can't, then take Grahastashara and bigger children. But don't have illicit sex as a Brahmachari. And produce Varnashrama. Marry laudably and produce children. So this is one of the principles of Varnashrama Dharma. But marrying laudably and producing children, is that the goal of life? That is the question to ask. Right? If everyone says, I am married, I have my children. Many times when we, when we start preaching to people, they say, the goal of life is to be a good man. See, don't, I don't trouble anyone. I just do my job. I work hard. I work hard for the money. <laughs> right? There was a song in those days. Right? So, I work hard for the money. And then I am maintaining my children. I am buying branded clothes for my child. You know, I am buying nice house. I am not troubling anyone. I am not murdering anyone. <laughs> right? I am not raping. I am not killing. Right? So just be a good man. Don't go into it. No, in Hindi, we say, Kisi ke jinjat Which means what? You don't go and uh, you know, interfere in anyone else's life. Just be yourself. Nice. Uh, you know, if you have a capital psychology, make money. Work hard. Yeah, that's all. Be nice. That's the goal of life. I believe in being a good human being. That's their conclusion. That is what? And then at the end of life, we all will go to heaven after that. And then everything will be nice after that. Oh, end of philosophy. <laughs> right? So, this is called as Naimitika Dharma. Apparently, it will look good that by just following the principles and being an honest person, earning money honestly, producing children, educating them in good schools and telling them give good morals, you know, that's fine. Now, that's not the ultimate goal. I'll give you an example. Suppose, 
I say that I am a very good driver. Someone asks, how do you know you are a very good driver? I am a very good driver. You know what? Whenever I take my car, I look ahead and not on my cell phone at all. I follow all the traffic rules. 40 means 40. No 41, 42 speed. Only 40. I drive either below 40 or at 40. Right? 100 means 100. I always follow lane discipline. I give way. I show the indicator and I drive. Good driver. What wrong with this driver? Good driver. I have never got any demerit points. Even in parking, I am very responsible. One hour means one hour. I move my car. So I am a very good driver. Where are you driving? That I don't know. I don't know, but I am following the rules. 40 means 40, 100 means 40. Where you are going? I don't know. So what kind of driver is this? He's a good driver, but is he an intelligent driver who doesn't know where he's going? Right? So this is the difference between Nainitika Dharma and Nitya Dharma. Nainitika Dharma apparently looks like you are a very good human being. Everything is very really nice, 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 nice. Right? But you have forgotten the goal of life and you are just thinking that I'll be a good prisoner in this jail of material existence. I'll help my fellow prisoners. If, 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 if I have some food and my fellow prisoner drops his plate down and he is suffering, so I will give food, my food to the fellow prisoner. But hang on, the higher goal is to get out of the prison of material existence. Now that is the difference between Naimitika Dharma and Nitya Dharma. So, Daksha Prajapati has forgotten that point here. And that is why all this purport Prabhupada is talking about. Okay. It looks, it's good, everything is good. We get children, everything is nice, nice, nice. Do austerities, everything is dharma. But the highest dharma is nitya dharma, not naimitika dharma. dharma naimitika dharma looks like a shadow of, it's a shadow of nitya dharma. It looks like that, but it's not quite there. Now, that is why the results are different. If we follow naimitika dharma or when we follow nitya dharma, the results will be different. Now, Daksha has his own view. It's not that Daksha is oblivious to Jaiva Dharma. No, he is not oblivious. Okay. Daksha knows the principle of self-realization. Self, self he knows the principle. Okay. But Daksha has a different view on how to reach that self-realization. Which you will see in the next few verses also. Daksha believes that as long as you are here, you do your karmakant. You do your duties. You do your austerities, you beget children, etc. etc. And you do karma kand, which means you do ritualistic activities. Right? In fact, he calls himself by a, a name also down the line. He, he gives himself one self-certified name. What is the name? Open through, you remember? He calls himself as something. By, by which he says that I am a person who follows all the yagyik principles and like that. He, he self-certifies himself down the, down the line. So, Daksha is, uh, his, his principle is, do all these ritualistic activities, enjoy life. Because when you do all these karma kanda, what will happen? You will get material rewards and then you can enjoy life. Right? But Daksha also knows that eventually, what will happen? Disease, old age and death will come. Now, Daksha knows that. He is not a fool. He knows that. But his principle is, 
they will anyway come and frustrate you. Let that happen. When that happens, automatically you will get detachment. And this is the problem with the trust philosophy. This is his understanding. Which will come in the future also when you go to the conclusion, you will see that Daksha is thinking like that. That eventually material world will frustrate. Now use the frustration that the material world gives you. Use that frustration as a platform for your spiritual life. For getting into spiritual life. So frustration is the incentive for taking to spiritual life. Now this is the anomaly in Daksha's logic. And this is, this is why he is doing whatever he is doing right now. This is why he is getting angry. He says, Naradmuni, why are you trying to put the cart before the horse? Let my children enjoy material life. Eventually let them get frustrated. After that they will anyway get self-realized. Why are you trying to, you know, why are you trying to uh, make them self-realized before time has ordained them for me to be self-realized? Why are you acting smart, in other words? <laughs> this is his anger. This is his mood. Now, again, evaluation. Time for evaluation. Does it, is Daksha patient here? Is Daksha a patient preacher? Who says, no, 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 don't hurry. Give the person time. Is he non-fanatic? Is Naradmuni fanatic? Is Naradmuni a fanatic? And Daksha is a wise preacher. That's an evaluation point here again. That comes, right? So we have to understand this carefully. So when we preach, we all know, especially if we have been in preaching for some time, everyone has been, everyone has preached to someone or the other, we know that in preaching we give people time, right? In fact, it takes three years, we are discussing for a Bhakti Vrsha program, people to come to the point of, you know, Srila uh, Prabhupada Ashraya and Guru Ashraya, it takes three years after a program starts. Cultivating every week. Every week program you do, three years it takes for people. Two to three years. Somewhere on the fast track. Mostly three years. And sometimes even after the program, people wait for ten years or twelve years to you know accept the Sampradaya. Even after three years of getting convinced about Prabhupada. They will come to the temple but they will not take shelter. <laughs> right. So, when we preach, we do give people time. So the question will come, is Daksha's preaching style more practical than Aradhani's style? Because he is very gradual. No, obviously. Why? Because Daksha is relying on the frustration of material energy and the beatings of material energy to bring people to Krishna consciousness. He is giving, he is in, in fact allowing material energy to decide when someone will become Krishna consciousness. When, when someone will become Krishna conscious. And that's the problem. Now, that does not work in real life. Many years back, in the science of self-relation CD by Radha Gopinathar, many of you would have heard the Lalaji example. You know the Lalaji example? Lalaji means in India, he is a senior man, the head of the family like that. And he is like, Lalaji means usually person who who has got a shop and all that like that. Lalaji. So one Lalaji was there, who had a very big business. He had a big shop and soaring business. Now when Lalaji one day became old, and Lalaji was on his deathbed. Right? He was going to die. Okay. <laughs> he is on the deathbed. And then his relatives came. His sons came. They brought his grandson. Then they brought the great grandson. And they told Lalaji, Lalaji, look here. Your grandson Deepak is there. 
2 pi r, 1 circumference, right? 2 into pi into radius, <laughs> one, 1 circle. Like that, the bull has done millions and millions of circles in one lifetime, or maybe thousands, I don't know what's the lifetime of the bull, but whatever. So many circles it has done. But that is the distance. But what is the displacement of the bull? In science, they talk about scalar and vector, right? So distance is what? We have scientists here. Distance is what? Scalar. And displacement is vector. Displacement has got a direction. Like that. Like that. So the bull is going around, but the bull is not displaced from its position. It is still in the same position despite traveling a lot of distance. This is the problem when we simply work hard in the material world, right? Like a bull going around and around. In terms of our evolution, from where we are to where we should go, we will go nowhere. We will still be in the same place. Probably, at least the bull is in the same place. For human beings, we will fall down to the lower species. We can retrograde after traveling all this distance, after all this hard work, right? So, Daksha Prajapati is not able to understand this principle. Right now, he is angry. When you are angry, your intelligence doesn't work. So, so his intelligence is completely gone bonkers now. Right? So, he has started chastising uh, Narad Muni. If you see the charitra of uh, Srila Prabhupada in Leela we see that Prabhupada wanted to join Mahatma Gandhi's movement. Right? Prabhupada was very uh, inspired. Prabhupada said we should fight for the freedom of India. But then he met Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. And what did his Guru Maharaj tell him? <laughs> Krishna consciousness cannot wait for freedom. And it was a very profound statement. Why did Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati say that? Because what is freedom? Just British, British has left India. Has India got freedom? It is said that wherever you go, your mind will go with you. So, real freedom is freedom from the onslaughts and demands of our own mind. That is real freedom. And when one gets control over that mind, then one is free. <laughs> then one really can use his free will. Otherwise, where are we using our own free will? Our mind is deciding our free will right now. The soul is not deciding. Right? The conditioned soul, subjected to the onslaught of the mind, is carrying out activities. What is that? Manashashthan Indriyani Prakriti Sthani Prasati. Everyone is driven by, by their own minds. So, real freedom is freedom from the demands of our mind. Now, Daksha Prajapati, if you see interestingly, he had darshan of the Lord. How many people will have darshan of the Lord? His austerities were there and Lord gave him darshan because of his austerities. Yet, Daksha did not become a pure devotee. This is very ironical. In one sense, ironical, in one sense, not also. Because Duryodhana was also seeing the Lord all the time. He didn't become a devotee till his death. <laughs> right? Even he was, he was lying down. At that time also Duryodhana could become a devotee. Right? So, Daksha had darshan of the Lord, yet he did not become a pure devotee. Why? Because Daksha was besotted. His mind was besotted with this concept of doing his material duty. Where he forgot any principle that lies higher than doing material duties. He was enamored with this concept. So, for example, and, and he did not know that there is something called as a free will also. And that free will means that you can renounce your material duties 
for a higher purpose. So he did not utilize his free will. He didn't have that intelligence at a point in time. For example, I was hearing a uh, few days back that one, uh, at least take a seat. So, um, yeah, I was uh, hearing um, one devotee had gone to a college to preach in the United States. Went to a college and this devotee went to preach theology. And when this devotee had gone to the college, he overheard, uh, overheard a conversation between two girls in the college. One girl was asking the other girl, do you think that boy is in love with you? And the other girl said, he better be, otherwise I'll kill him. <laughs> okay. So, this, so this devotee heard this, and because he was a theology professor, he said, let me use this example. So he went into his classroom, and he told all his students that, you know, I am the only theology professor in this whole college. If something goes wrong, if you don't, if you guys don't love me, from tomorrow, then I will stop teaching it. Because they are all pursuing doctorate in theology or whatever. It says, if you don't love me, I will not teach you. Not only that, I will fail all of you. If you have such great, no university will accept you. Right? He said this, obviously he did not mean it, but he said this and then the students were like, how can you say this? Right? And then the uh, teacher, this devotee teacher told them, that, no, I was just giving an example. I overheard this conversation outside. Love cannot be forced. It's free will. Right? It's everyone's free will to either develop love for the Lord or to develop love for material energy or fall in love with the concept of just being a good man and thinking that's the goal of human life. Right? Being a good prisoner in the jail. So, love cannot be forced. Now, Unless this love is cultivated outside of our material duties, we have to do our material duties, there is no doubt about that. But we have to use our free will also to cultivate love of Godhead. That's our free will. Because unless this love starts manifesting, we will not get a higher taste. We will give up only something lower for something higher. We will give up, for example, a mother likes a mother likes sweets. A mother likes sweets. But there is only one sweet. And the child also likes sweet. What do you think the mother will do? Thank you. A mother likes sweets. But when there is only one sweet, and she sees the child also, my child also wants the sweet. What will the mother do? Automatically the mother will sacrifice that sweet. She will do an austerity of not eating that to give it to the child. So this austerity, that, and then the mother is grumpy after that. My child, I don't know, two, three children, three gulag these all these children are eating all the time. I'm not eating. Will the mother think like that? No. She is happy. She is happy. No, 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 I didn't say Children are eaten. I'm very happy. Like that. Why? Because this is the power of love. This is the power of love. Hmm? So, 
unless we start developing love for Krishna, we will not have the real taste of renunciation. Renunciation or detachment will become a burden in our life. Okay. So, Daksha is not understanding that principle. Where Naranuni knows that. And that's why there is a problem between both of them. Daksha Pradhanati, he wanted to populate the earth. In that sense, he had his own reference point and his own priority. So, he thinks that these boys have to take responsibility because I have not produced them. These boys have to take responsibility and take Rihastasha. Hmm? So, his larger concern, what was his larger concern? He thought that Naradmuni is messing up with my material duties. That is how he is thinking. I am doing something very nicely. You dare come and mess with, with my service. So, he is thinking like that. So, now where there is anger, there is no gratitude. Actually, Daksha should have had gratitude to Naradmuni that he is delivering my children from the cycle of repeated birth and death. In that, he is doing, as a guru, he is doing the greatest service to me. So, but, but, but instead of that, because he was besotted with this concept that my family should only serve <laughs> this was wrong. My family should only serve me because I have produced these children. I have educated these children. I have paid $7,000 to put them in St. Mary's Grammar School. I have paid $32,000 to put them in Melbourne High. Melbourne, what is it? Grammar School. Pintoha Grammar. Camberwell Grammar. $32,000 per annum I have put. And how dare after that they became Brahmacharis. <laughs> and then they are distributing books on the street after I put them in a grammar school. I was thinking they'll go to Harvard and become investment bankers. How dare you distribute books? <laughs> so this is how he's thinking. They should serve me because I toiled for them. I toiled to pay the 32,000. I bought multiple houses, negatively geared, <laughs> sold properties and then funded their education. And this rascal is distributing books on the road. <laughs> and, and then you are Arina. And people think, has your son become a beggar? <laughs> and what happened to my prestige? So this is the concept. With this concept, what happens when you start thinking that my children, my labor, products of my labor, serving only me, then you get angry. When someone comes and spoils the fun. Even society also puts fuel to this frustration, you know. I'll give you an example. I have a relative of mine. Actually, he's my wife's cousin. He's a very senior brahmachari in Iskand, in Chapati temple. Very senior brahmachari. Right? Very, very, very well respected brahmachari. So, he was born with a silver spoon. Father was very wealthy. Very, very wealthy. In Bombay standards, in Bombay, he lives in Verli Seafis. Verli Seafis is a pretty prime area. It's like Beaconsfield Parade, bungalow, facing, you know, what's the property value? 3.5 million? I don't know. <laughs> 4 million? God knows. So, like the property, facing the Arabian Sea. On top of that, very good education in one of South Bombay's premium schools. Right? On top of that, not only school was good, he was a good student as well. Otherwise, sometimes only school is good. I am not a good student. Very good student. He did computer science from a very prestigious university and was selected in a nationwide talent hunt 
by the government of india for a very very top class country mission where they selected me the best of the best selected there on top of that in india there are how many demigods are there 16000 how many demigods are there? how many demigods are there? 33 million 33 million and 11 demigods are there in india 33 million and 11 demigods who are these 11 demigods the cricket team of india they are worshiped like a devi devatas right now in a country which worships cricketers like this this boy who i am talking about he played he was selected for playing under 14 cricket for australia and he was, he came here for county cricket he visited australia as a batsman when i went to his house for the first time i came to know that i have such a relative from my wife's side i said very fortunate i'll go and meet him full of awards cricketing trophies from mohammad azharuddin who was india's captain at that time right so rich parentage look at looks very handsome tall very good looking so everything was there who can we remember is only jay patak maharaj can we remember him today right i am not talking about him right now this brahmachari was not that person but jay patak maharaj also had that very good looking very rich everything was going very good similarly this person also this brahmachari i am talking about everything going well what happened only one problem one person gave him leela mrit <laughs> he read leela mrit and he went to the temple president at that time of pune and asked him i can serve you in two ways i can make lots of money this person is highly talented anyway no, only son by the way that also i forgot to mention only son right i have all this wealth i have this education i can play cricket i can do studies i have excelled in everything and i can make money and give it to the temple that's one way i can serve or i can join the temple as brahmachari the temple president said no we don't want your money we want people like you we have such people in our congregation Bhopalesh Prabhu is there very successful as a student you know it PhD from Melbourne University we have people who have joined I'm sure many other right? just that I don't know right so now why did he join because he developed that when he studied Leela Bharat he realized that both ways are bona fide ways of serving that's why he went and asked the question but the choice was eventually left to the temple president who thought that he can serve better in this way and that that proved to be correct that was a good decision because now there is an evaluation what can i do then you consult the senior authority who is self realized and that was an aramuni in his life who told him not to go go this side don't get into dress that's not right now so sometimes uh, uh, these events can happen in life now what happened interestingly was that when his mother <laughs> realized that son is joining the ashram forever then what happened obviously the mother was very very sad at <laughs> what is this call people have done to my son he studied in this computer institute he played for india cricket and this and that mother was little bit morose there's no doubt natural right and then why mother is morose less because of the krishna consciousness more because the son will not stay away from home this is a natural sentiment for a mother we have to understand mother is a human being right no mother wants to stay away from her child right so she was upset but then the relatives the society people building people around the colony everyone they all came to the home they said what a glorious mother you are what a child you have in your womb and then the mother said do you also want that for your child no 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 we are okay <laughs> so they are glorifying her 
for the part that her child has adopted. When when she asks them back, do you want your child also to be sacrificed like this to become a mother? Listen, no, no, we are happy. Let him play cricket only. Our children will play not like that. So the society also is little bit hypocritical when it comes to see brahmacharis, right? They are admired, but nobody wants their children to be like that. And therefore, Prabhupada said that even I am often criticized because I am showing them this path and they are choosing out of their free will. Though many of Prabhupada's disciples were extremely qualified. Dr. T.D. Singh, who became Swarup Damodar Maharaj, PhD. Very, very respected professor in an Ivy League, you know, engineering institute in uh, US, right? Stalwart disciples. So many people, tennis players were inspired. Who was that? Bar- Peter Barwash. Was a tennis player? If I remember correctly. Yeah. So, so many great personalities have surrendered their lives. Today's you know, appearance, you know, Vesolina Deepadaka Maharaj. As I said, similar uh, background. Deepadaka Maharaj could have done so many things in his life. But he chose. He was inspired to serve, dedicate his life for serving Srila Prabhupada. Despite his ill health, very poor health, he still continues traveling. Someone told me he is still traveling in the US or somewhere. Right? So this is, this is, how can someone do this unless one carries love of Lord Krishna inside one's heart more than any other need for anything in this material world. Right? This is the glory of, of Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada's spiritual masters and Srila Prabhupada's disciples. Mm-hmm. And we have we are witnessing these kind of devotees are amidst us, mm-hmm. guiding us. So Daksha, coming back to Daksha, Daksha failed to understand these higher principles. Daksha got disorted with the concept of austerity. He was, he said, my son, there are so many austerities they have done. Now it's time for them to get the reward of their austerities in terms of producing children. So, Daksha failed to understand that devotional life also has its share of austerities. If you are besotted with austerities, no problem, we have enough austerities. <laughs> For example, there is a famous story in Islam of a drug seller. This person was selling drugs and he was being chased by the cops. And then what he did? He, he was running away from the cops and inadvertently, without his knowledge, he climbed over and jumped. On the other side of the wall was his content. He came to the temple. He landed in the temple. Now, when he came into the temple, he was caught there. He said, okay, come. You can be here. Come take darshan of the deities. And the devotee very lovingly cultivated him. Right? After some time, he said, now I have to be honest. He became a devotee. But he he said, now I have to be very honest and truthful to my temple president. I want to tell him that, you know what? I have this background. I was drug dealer before. Right? Drug peddler, brother. So, then he went and told the temple president, look, I have this and the police is after me actually. Okay. So, the temple president said, no problem. Okay. Fast is fast, but still, I would say, no, no, you go and surrender to the Because they are searching for you. So, instead of they searching, you go and surrender to them. And then, you know, then do whatever punishment, undergo it and then come back and join. Like that. So, he said, okay. So, he went and then he was presented before the, presented before the magistrate. So the magistrate heard like this and then the magistrate said, we have to give you some, you know, because you are honest, you voluntarily walked to my court, I will give you lesser sentence. So he said that you have to do some kind of rigorous service or something like that. So he said, okay. But then the magistrate asked, by the way, what are you doing currently? He said, I am in this contempt. <laughs> he said, what do you do? He said, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Right? Then he said, what do you do? I take bath in cold water. <laughs> then what do you do? I attend Mangala. Then what do you do? 
then he said you know then uh, I, i hear bhagavatam class spiritual discourse then what do you do then i uh, take some prasadam what do you eat and he said i eat this ichidi or something whatever some prasadam and then what do you do then he said i go into distribution and i clean the temple and do all services so till when he said till night i mean sorry and then what do you do so i sleep and next day again 3:30 i get up he said no punishment for you this is enough punishment <laughs> This is not what more punishment I can even out jail you get more privileges than this. That is what the thinking of the <laughs> right. So so people cannot understand what is going on here. They think without enjoyment and mundane recreation, recreation happiness is not possible in this world. So daksha is not able to come out right now into a higher cause and that is why this dichotomy that is why daksha is having this temperament to curse and chastise naramuni thinking that naramuni is the doing a great disservice to him and 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 now we will see how in his madness he is going on and on <laughs> naramuni and, and chastising him till the point that he actually curses naramuni saying that i curse you that you will not be able to stay in one place and then naramuni says fantastic that's what i wanted <laughs> i go everywhere and preach Prabhupada said, "I am also cursed like that. I cannot be in one place. And thank God, you know, for that curse. In one sense, we don't want Prabhupada to be cursed. But otherwise, we would be sitting here, Bhagavatam, right now. Right now, we would have all had our morning tea and newspapers and be working in office to buy our next property. Correct or not? That would be our goal of life, right? But we are all here discussing this. Thanks to Sila Prabhupada. Sila Prabhupada ki." Stop here. Any questions or comments or corrections? Yes. Hello, Mr. Prabhupada. You said that um. The microphone. That Daksha has very nicely instructed his son to do austerities and then create progeny. not about obedience to parents is very very important okay please don't mistake me okay <laughs> <laughs> obedience to parents is very very important but obedience to parents comes from the platform of morality okay and it can be dovetailed in spirituality but morality is not about spirituality spirituality is higher than morality you know i started the class with describing naimittika dharma and nitya dharma that is why i started that the class with that because nitya dharma the goal of life 
driving a good driver is one who knows his destination and who also follows the rules and goes to that destination right so simply following if they would have consulted daksha what do you think daksha would have said what is his mentality right now what is the advice he would have given he would have said very good i am willing to give up my false ego because simply because you came and consulted me what would have been the probability that daksha would have thought like that and said no 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 okay no problem naramani then no he is guru you go there ah most daksha that type of person what history did daksha have in the past towards <laughs> entry personalities right here the history so we have to see his nature we have to see the prakriti so the children were very intelligent the children knew that our father's consciousness if we go to him right now in his state of mind what advice he will get right that's one number two we have to also understand the power of naradmuni's preaching naradmuni lava matra sadhu sangha sarva siddhi krishna chakravarti thakur says in madhurya kadambini that the love of a pure devotee the the love for krishna which a pure devotee carries in his heart when someone associates with that devotee that love is transplanted into the heart of the other devotee so who are we talking about we are talking about naradmuni who is the spiritual master of the entire world right how many regardless of whether the person was a hunter cannibal you know demigod everyone has delivered all levels of people have delivered is the most expert preacher right so one minute moment of contact we can only imagine or probably we can't even imagine what amount of transformation that naradmuni has would have made an impact he would have made within the hearts of these savalasas right so due credit to naradmuni also that he inspired them so much that they actually developed a tendency that no 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 we are very clear on what we want to do we don't want to ask her because they were completely convinced with what naradmuni was that's a power of a powerful creature plus they also knew the mentality of their father so if they would have gone to their father history would have been different hmm? okay is that okay and because serious parents are like narada muni and they are teaching them the teachings of narada muni yes. she can consult her parents <laughs> so you will be very safe being an obedient daughter yes because your parents are very good devotees that is why so you should always obey them don't misquote me don't miss <laughs> you can always consult your parents yeah, yeah. always consult <laughs> Otherwise, your father will go for me. Outside, I'm not here. Not. He beat me up in the courtyard. No, no, jokes apart. Yes, on a serious note, yes. If you have Vaishnava parents, it's a privilege to have Vaishnava parents. As much as for a wife, for parents, it's a privilege to have Vaishnava children. It's a mutual privilege. So very fortunate, very happy for you and for your parents also. Yes, my dear. You had a question. No. Okay. Okay. Kantar Shema Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Jai Bhagavatam Ki Jai.